0: What's going on, guys? We are back with another episode of Hustle for Strength with my man Altamas Raja. It's been a while, brother. A few weeks. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I'd say. Happy Sunday morning to you.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, happy Sunday morning to you too, my man. It's already uh, what is it? Mid November now. When was the last time we uh we recorded? we well, probably like mid October. Like yeah. probably three, four weeks.
1: It's, it's it's we've definitely taken a little bit of a break. Um, I think maybe getting outside enjoying the weather a little bit, but um this this is definitely overdue. So I'm glad we're back at
0: Oh yeah, my man. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, today, uh, you know, I think an important topic that that we definitely need to address and it's probably more timely now than ever before. Obviously 2020 has been a very stressful year in for so many people because of various reasons. And you know, it's been a lot of up and down, right? And Um, with, uh, you know, the obvious one is, is being this whole virus and and the pandemic kind of getting worse and getting better. And then now, unfortunately, heading towards the wrong direction again, um, it's safe to say that people will be pretty stressed out. And I think the inspiration for this one was probably a couple of months ago when I, I, I had a time that was pretty highly stressful in my life. And I was trying to hit the gym and um, you know, I had to kind of reevaluate how I was going to attack my training plan. Because I mean, both of us take that very seriously. And so that's what we had talked about it. And, and I've been meaning to talk about this for a long time. But um, so that's what we'll talk about. Um, you know, when, when life hits you hard, um, how to dial it back. Uh, I think so many times people talk about going hard or going home and, uh, you know, just putting it in 100% and, and being in overdrive and, um, people don't often talk about recovery and dialing it down. So, uh, so I'm excited for this one.
0: Awesome. Yeah, dude, definitely. Because I think it's definitely a time where, uh, you know, I wouldn't say stop working out because obviously we need to take care of our health, especially with, uh, you know, ob- not, not even COVID, but just, you know, the obesity crisis at an all time high as well with the, the overall health of America, but just a time where maybe, uh, scaling back your workouts or, or uh, because of the stress levels going on right now, is a probably better option for most than going 100 miles per hour.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so let's let's get into it, Gallo. Um, obviously, you know, I think that we probably have a lot of shared commonalities in, in terms of how we suggest people dial it down or really evaluate what's going on. So, I'll toss it up to you, man. You know, how do you attack this? Um, how do you first analyze what the stress levels are in life for yourself personally i'd be curious to hear about that and then also how you suggest that your clients might evaluate what's going on the external factors the internal factors and then um and then you know then maybe i'll chime into that and in, in the first analyzing comp compound right because we got to assess first um and then we'll talk about some strategies so um why don't you walk us through that part
0: yeah dude, uh, so like for, for most i mean it's, it's tough to like, I, th- I think one, it, it takes a while to kind of study and be aware of how you feel when there are stressful times, right? Because I think the first thing we have to do is, is one, be aware of how we feel overall and then be able to adjust from there, right? Because I, uh, I think for a lot of people is that we don't recognize when we are stressed out, when the energy is there. And we look at a workout as like a hundred percent in or nothing at all. Right. And I've seen and, and you know, just from also my own experience as well, is uh when I've tried to push myself when I'm like highly stressed or or just I don't even want to say I don't want to use the word tired, but I guess we can just gonna use the word just highly stressed, or uh, because that will obviously affect your your workout energy and, and how you work out. But when I've tried to push it in those times usually injury occurs i've had it happen to myself and i've even had it happen to uh you know a few clients who just you know they look at the workout where they have to be 100% in all time like it has to be all in or nothing and sometimes like scaling back is the best option like usually um oh man what's that saying i I know you've heard about the saying brother where it says uh more is less i think it is or i'm not yeah. sure if yeah, yeah like simplicity. more is less yeah more is less okay, yeah okay I'm, i felt like there's like another part to it but just you know a little, little brain cloud there but more is less sometimes in times wait of, wait, no 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 hold on time out. less is more less is more yeah there you go <laughs> that's what it is We're completely <laughs> completely
1: ruined it yes Re-ruined less it, is more sure. that's less the exact more. opposite of what we just said yes
0: 100 percent, 100 percent. less is more and uh that's what i told you man i couldn't remember <laughs> But less is more in times of, of stress, of times of like when, when your energy from a working out standpoint isn't there. And one of the big key components I try to, you know, use myself when times of stress are really high is one, I always look at sleep quality. Not even the hours of sleep that I'm getting. It's just sleep. Like how well am I resting? And again, there's like different nowadays with like tech gadgets you know there's ways to monitor monitor that but for me it's always been even if it's just six hours of sleep like how well or how well rested do I feel and then from that standpoint as well I also like to go off of how I'm really feeling from just an energy standpoint like so for, for what I mean from an energy standpoint, too, is do I feel like I have it in me today to go 100% or do I need to maybe go even 50% today? Do I just need to go through the movements just to feel? Because at the end of the day, like a workout makes me feel good. So I don't want to necessarily skip a workout. It can even just be where I just rep out 50 pushups, 50 band pull-up parts. Like I, may, I might have to scale it back to 20% for that day. Right, but I, you know, for, for for me, it always comes down to how I feel and how my how I feel my sleep has been. Like recently, right now, again with everything going on, business shutting down, being in the gym industry, uh, you know, stressed at all time high right now. Like I'm like I'm just always thinking about oh, when's the next shutdown coming and all this stuff. What am I going to do? So, from a uh, energy standpoint, like I feel like my energy to go all out in the workout is just not there. And there's days where, like, I just literally just go through the – like, my point is just get through this workout, even if it's at 50% of what I would do. I might even just rep out some body weight push-ups. Some days I might not even just work – like, I might just go out and just walk for, like, 90 minutes, two hours. My thing is, though, what I've noticed is that even when, like, scaling back my training through especially, like, the since, like, March, where I've scaled everything back since March – with all the stress and everything that's going on is that I actually feel like I haven't lost any type of strength. Just the energy to want to lift heavy is just not there. So I think one of the things too, where it's almost an eye opening for me as well is that, uh, especially in the beginning, because like in the beginning of the, uh, I guess you can say beginning of the year when we had that, that first shutdown um, I was, I think the first month of like quarantine i was like really stressed and all i was doing was like eating and snacking especially being that we were home right it was just watching shows all day and i got and i got up to like like i think almost close to 190 bro you know what i mean and like i hide the weight kind of well like you can't really notice it but For what bench no 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 like body weight well. like i oh, was weighing oh, almost okay. yeah like i was weighing 190 that's the most i ever weighed in my life Okay. You know, and uh, I was quarantine like, quarantine. Well, that quarantine weight in the beginning, bro, that first month, yo, it hit me, bro. <laughs> and I put it on pretty fast. Like, it wasn't just like, I got up there fast. And uh, because that's what I do. That's when I'm stressed out. I just want to eat. I don't care what I'm eating. I just, I just eat. Then I was like, all right, let me, let me, again, gyms aren't open. I, I, I have to get back to eating, a little. you know, eating better, obviously, because that's going to help me with my weight loss. But what was eye opening was how like you don't need much to have results is what was probably the best eye opening for me like I didn't have a dumbbell I didn't I mean heavy dumbbells I didn't have a trap bar right all I had was bands body weight and then obviously I would do the occasional hill sprints and my workouts at the time they weren't even you know besides the hill sprints was like where I kind of would try to push through but from a workout standpoint with bands and pushups, man, there were days where I was just going through, the, going through the motions. And I was amazed to see how much, again, you know, within probably three months, I was down to 170 already or 175. Like, you know, I lost 15, 20 pounds within three, four months. But I was amazed of how, you know, the results you can get if you just tailor things back a little bit, but still keep on track from a nutritional standpoint, as well from a sleeping standpoint. Because even with me, um, eating a lot that beginning, you know, that first four to six weeks of quarantine and then fixing that and then going back to, uh, you know, body weight workout, band workouts, hill sprints, one of the things that I was focused on at that time too, being that we had all this time to, you know, improve things as well, was that I was getting more sleep and better sleep during that time as well like energy from an energy standpoint, you know, stressed out, just wasn't, you know, I, some days I just didn't want to work out, but I also know that I was getting pretty decent sleep because I was able to sleep more.
1: Yeah, man, there's, there's so much to, to unpack there. So I think that for me, it, it's a lot, a lot of the stuff that you talked about is, is very similar, right? I'm very, very much an analytical person. So I'm, I'm very data driven. And and I think the first thing that you touched on is, you know, before we, we, when people think stress, they think negative, they think it's bad, but that's not the case, right? There's always good stress and there's bad stress. I think what, what we're really talking about today is chronic stress, right? Chronic stress being, you know, just stress being high all the time is, it, that's what contributes to so much of the ailments that we have that we experience in the western culture today probably actually just all over the world really yeah Uh, because acute stress is good um you need that you need a stress response for your body like after you work out you know some of the stress hormones get elevated because that's important you need to mobilize some of the uh you know some of the nutrition and, and all those things because that kind of energy is going to be important for you to do what you need to do and Historically speaking, when you were being chased by the classic example, of saber-toothed tiger, your body it was in fight flight. You had to you had to be stressed out. But that being persistently elevated for long times, cortisol being persistently elevated for long times, that's what leads to this chronic inflammation and a lot of the chronic diseases that we experience. So, with that being said, um, how do we know that that we're chronically stressed out? I think at the elite level. And if you've been doing this for a long time, if you've been training hard for a long time and you've been very in tune with how you eat and those kinds of things, then it becomes a little bit more intuitive, right? The elite athletes, uh, and I'm talking elite college, elite professional sports at the Olympic level, those kinds of folks, they know when they're not feeling it when they're training. Right. right. Um, and so a lot of the examples you gave were from a physical perspective, going to the gym and dialing it back and, and, modifying your training and, and I'm all about that, but the lay population, or if you're just getting into the, into this whole physical improvement, you know, looking into your nutrition, all those things you might not know. So, so in that regard, how can you, how can you analyze, Hey, I'm really stressed out. Well, that's where the wearables come in. Right. Um, I just got myself an Apple watch and, you know, it'll monitor my heart rate, although it's not the most accurate, but it'll do that. Um, I, you know, again, no, <laughs> no financial relationship with Apple watch. I just want to disclose that same thing with, you know, I, I'm, I'm very much like track my sleep because I want to know what my sleep quality is like. and That information helps me. Yeah. So I wear an aura ring again. I have no affiliation with aura ring. There's lots of other trackers out there. I got to get talk that. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it, but, um, you know, I've been actually kind of some of my, close friends and people I trust have been talking a lot about the whoop because it gives you a lot of other information and it gives you throughout the day. Um, but anyways, that, that, that's not what this is about. Anyway, there's a lot of different people out there. People have Fitbit, people have lots, lots of things. So, um, you know, with the Aura Ring or some of these wearables, they'll give you your heart rate variability, right? Uh, I just in a nutshell, that's in the variability between beat to beat. And, and that's an indicator of how, you know, the, your autonomic system is acting. And the autonomic system is very much your central part of a branch of your central nervous system that during times of stress, it can be the revved up or rev down or just calm down, right? So if it's revved up all the time, that'll indicate in your HRV. Um, but an easy one is resting heart rate, right? If your resting heart rate is persistently elevated, the easiest way to do it is first thing in the morning. You can check it from your radial pulse. You can quickly Google that, or you can check it from your carotid pulse. You could you Google that? Um, that's an indicator that hey things are maybe not where they should be. It shouldn't be this high. Um, another way for people to to check without these variables is like how fatigued are you? Now that's a hard one though, right? Because sometimes people are just tired. I mean, is it yeah. fatigue because of lack of sleep, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? Um, is it fatigue because you know because of work? You're working hard, those kinds of things. So that one's a little bit more challenging. So that might be a little. You might need to be a, b- a bit more advanced. Um, And then another one is your performance in the gym is suffering. Again, going back to what you were talking about, you know, if you're getting to the gym and you're working hard, and all of a sudden you're not able to lift the same weights or or something like that. And you're just feeling drained after sessions more so than usual. And this happened to me probably a couple of weeks ago, or uh, I think I talked to you about it as well. Uh, It didn't quite make sense. Right. Um, So those are kinds of things that I think a little bit easier to, to figure out, Hey, what's going on. Um, and then sometimes you just need to take a step back and evaluate everything in your life. Hey, have, have, has your sleep all of a sudden, are you sleeping six, six, five, six hours a day or seven hours a day? Whereas before you were getting eight hours consistently, is your sleep, um, cycle messed up in, in terms of have you been traveling a lot? And so you're getting jet lag and you're going from East coast to West coast, those kinds of things. And that's going to impair your sleep quality. Um, Do you have a newborn baby? (laughs) And, and the baby's not cooperating with that. Um, You know, have you, do you have a project at work that you're concerned about and, and and that's why you're waking up in the morning and you're not feeling refreshed even though you're in bed for seven hours, right? Just because you were in bed for seven hours, doesn't necessarily mean that you actually slept for seven hours. That's what the sleep quality stuff that you're talking about again. So there's so many different ways for us to evaluate that and each aspect might be slightly different for every individual, but that's kind of how you look at it. So I know you talked a little bit about personally how you're attacking some of this stuff, but um, touch base again, like if you know you had most recently one or two or three of your clients, how do you get them to kind of give you this information or how do you go inside their day-to-day of just assessing their stress levels, uh, before we talk more about, you know, uh, strategies, which some, some of already you touched
0: on. Uh, so like one thing I would do, um, I've kind of like, like stopped doing it, but one thing I had with the trainer program was I had like some, like a little questionnaire at the beginning that clients will fill out. And I probably should get back to doing that because of the times that we are in definitely is, uh, is helpful with, uh, with figuring out what strategies I need to do to have the best option for my clients from a training standpoint. But it will be three easy questions here and it will be one, uh, how is energy? How much sleep did you get last night? And are you staying hydrated? And uh, if you, you know, for some people might be wondering, why staying hydrated? Like, well, for the most part, like your your body, I, th- I think is like made up of like I don't, I don't remember the number, but like seventy percent water, or maybe even higher, right? And you'll be completely uh shocked to see like how many people are usually dehydrated, like they're not having sufficient water. And then comes the other part where how much sleep did you get, and how was energy? So usually. And again, right now I haven't been been doing that, but I'll ask clients like how are you feeling today? How is uh how is the energy coming into the day for the workout? And I kind of base it off how they're feeling. Like I if, if client tell me, Hey, I'm feeling great, then I know it's a day where we can um push the weights a little bit. Or I might monitor just how they're doing in that first those first two sets. And I'm like, all right, cool, let's uh let's 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 push the weight today. If not, like cause someone can easily say, Oh, I feel great, but then we lift and they're you know, you can kind of tell where energy is a little lacking in those lifts. So I'm just like, oh, you know what? Today we're not going to push it that much. Let's scale it back a little bit. You know, let's 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 scale back on the sets. Let's scale back on the weight. Uh, you know, it could be lowering the weight or doing more sets. So it's just identifying how that person is just feeling overall after their you know initial lifts of once we get our workout going. Then from there, I tailor it because sometimes i gotta adjust the workout on the fly and it happens usually more than usual where i probably change the workout or change something from what i originally had set down to do and now I have to kind of just adjust it depending on what how the client is feeling how they're performing that way uh you know because the big thing is keeping clients injury free so they can keep training you don't want somebody to uh to, you know, what, what's the point of pushing the weight on a deadlift if they're uh, going to wake up sore the next day or just get injured, especially at times where we're like, and I, I think for most people, like I think for most people, like I think, like you said earlier, I think a lot of people are more chronically stressed than ever before.
1: Yeah, that the injury aspect is actually a, a pretty big one. I think that that's one of the things that, you know, we talk a lot about, about Chronic diseases and those kinds of thing, and and that's f- for my medical background. A, a lot of the stuff that we focus on. But can you touch a little bit more about the injury piece of it? How people are much more susceptible to injury because when I look back and I think about a lot of times, yeah, in my probably younger days, some of the injuries have been doing you know overdoing it um, or or chasing too much weight uh, on a deadlift or or whatever specific exercise. You know, you can fill in the blank there. Right. But some of the times that I think about when I hurt myself on just warm-up weight, right? uh, I It's like, what the heck? I remember going back uh, to a time that's very memorable for me, a, a very, very stressful event, um, almost like a traumatic type thing during my life a couple of years ago. And I was literally warming up for front squats at probably I was at 95. So it was my second warm up So I hit the bar with the 95 and all of a sudden my back, man.
0: No, really?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. But you know what? It, like I had, I heard some horrible news that day and I was just like, what the hell? And God, like, man. why, why does that happen? So ha- have you personally experienced anything like that? Or have you seen that, uh, with any of your clients in the gym and you're like, Whoa, you know, something doesn't look right there. Um, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, um, not, not to that extreme, but definitely to the point where, you know, and, and I, I, I definitely noticed with one of my clients who hey, he has a, he his sleep cycles, so he gets his sleep recovery can jump from week to week. There's weeks where he, he gets some great sleep, feeling good. There's weeks where he had, he comes in he only had like four or five, six hours sleep. So when he tells me that usually I know I'm just like, all right, we might have to scale things back or I might just have to keep an eye on how he is, how he's doing. Right. Is is that work yeah. related for that specific person is it that, it, the one uh, week that? it's work related just because I, I, he's he kind of works around the clock okay and uh he just he also likes to stay up at night so <laughs> but, like,
1: but but what one week he does stay up at night one week he doesn't like what do you mean
0: i i, I guess so like he i would say he being that he works around the clock he'll just like watch or or just not doing your work during the day, but then the nighttime mm-hmm. comes, he just finally decides to start working. Interesting. Now, he, now he's up yeah. on, you know what I mean. So yeah, so a lot, lot to address there. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I haven't had anything like traumatic that happened at gym, but I've definitely noticed from in a week, you know, whether it's week to week basis on on people's programs, is how, you know, when they have things going on in their life, and you can tell when someone is stressed and 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 the performance, the big thing, the performance in the gym isn't uh, matching last week is um, seeing how I have to scale back on their, uh, their either training, the extra specific exercise and do something uh-huh. completely different because I've had times where, you know, we've done, like I say, a, a back squat and, you know, say the week before he, he got, you know, got pretty high, but then this week he's just, that like 135 is feeling like a 10, like 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 extremely extremely hard to do. Yeah. So then uh, at that point, but like, right, I let's go into a, maybe a goblet squat, like a heavy goblet squat. We still can get some yeah. reps in, or a double kettlebell goblet squat. Like we completely change the exercise because yeah. you know just from a personal standpoint, for, for me, I've had times where uh, I've tried to push through, right? Try yeah. to push through, and usually ended up being more, and usually ended up doing more harm than good to myself. Right from a exercise standpoint, or just feeling like the next day just feeling way too sore when I shouldn't be this sore, mm-hmm. or just say you know pushing through the workout that day, but then the next day just feeling like I got nothing left in the tank
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know so I' try to use my own experience to kind of you know see how I can adjust clients' workouts based on how they're feeling and uh and their their performance in the gym while they're doing it,
1: yeah. Um, and, and just to clarify, I think when, when you said, uh, it's a 10, it's, you're talking about an RPE scale of how hard it feels I, I, on one. Degree. Yeah.
0: I was just going like, to kind of go over that. So like one yeah. thing I like to, to, uh, to do with clients and I, I, don't, I don't really say RPE cause some of my clients can probably care less what RPE is. <laughs> so what I, so how I, how I, uh, do it myself is usually I will be like, all right. So usually I can kind of tell how a weight feels for someone. I'm like, all right. They're kind of yeah. like struggling with that weight. So I'm like, all right, do you have, like, can you do three to five extra reps on that? If they say yes, that means the RPE to me is probably like at a six, seven, yeah. you know, so and they can the probably folks. bump it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. It's the subjective measure of how hard something feels. Right. So, so you're saying if it's, they say, yeah, I could have banged out another five reps. That's a seven. To me, I would say yeah. like a seven. You know, okay. Know, like yeah. A seven. yeah. So um, it's still moderate, right?
0: Yeah. Or, um, or feel like, uh, the other, so like I either will ask that question, how that feel, like how many more reps can you probably do? There might be like three, five reps. I'm like, all right, there's probably maybe like a seven. Like I need to okay. push a little bit more. Maybe the okay. next time if we go up in weight will be like an eight, maybe like a nine. Yeah, um, absolutely. But because like what I've noticed is like I actually used to write RP on the workout. Like mm-hmm. I used to write seven or eight. And a lot of people I think do not like – it's hard to explain that to somebody who maybe doesn't do it for, uh, for like a living. Like obviously we're in the industry. We're, we're, we're into this stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like in tune and aware of our bodies and our and our rate of exertion and efforts in the gym. But
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: for most people, when I was trying to explain that, they weren't really grasping the concept of like what a seven is or what an eight is. Exactly. So so what I do now, I don't really write anything there. I just pretty much, you know, after their first set, I'm like, how to say some, you know, say I have a client pressing uh, 30 pounds, right? And, you know, 30 pounds is 60 pounds for, for I think females, it's quite a lot of weight to press, right? Mm-hmm. But what I've usually, uh, I've asked is usually I, I go, it always goes one of two ways. I'm like, how did that feel? Can you press that for, say, three to four more five reps? And if they say yes, then I'm like, all right, cool. My next question always, do you want to stay there or do you want to go up? Because if, if, if to me, if like, if they say they want to stay there, that means to me is I would say somewhere between a six, seven. And if they want to go up, it's going to be between maybe a seven, eight, maybe even a nine. Because five pounds in the dumbbell floor press, is, you know, you're going up ten pounds total, really. So it's it's right. a good, it's a pretty good jump. So that's kind of how I try to monitor uh, people's workouts from now. It's, it's seen, and especially seeing how they go through that set, because I can tell, yep. I can tell when somebody is like, "Yo, this was like, it probably shouldn't have been uh, pretty tough, but that set was like an eight. We're probably going to stay there. We're not going up."
1: Gotcha. And and, and, like I've
0: had, and I've had people obviously like, you know, obviously the point of a coach is to uh, educate somebody and, and, and let them know what they're doing in a way, because I've had people who are like, they're like, oh no, I want to go up. I'm just like, nah, nah. I saw how I, that set was pretty tough, my man. We're yeah. going to stay, we're going to stay there today. You're not yeah. going up. You no, know. So,
1: yeah. I, I, I've, I've been there for sure.
0: Yeah. So I think I've done, I think for just my, um, my standpoint of coaching clients through their workouts, I, I think I. I have, and I've done a pretty well job of being like intuitive with how they're feeling and, mm-hmm. and with how, how to adjust their workouts from an energy standpoint. And again, from like that RPE skill that I like to use just by asking, you know, can you press that for three to five extra reps? Gotcha. You know? and, and if they say yes, usually, usually, if they say yes to three to five extra reps, then um, either it's always one to watch it, Like I said before, like either we're going to go up on the next set. Or we're going to stay at the same weight for that next set. And then under the last set, we'll go up and wait. Because after, the, after that second set, we'll have a pretty clear standpoint if you got more in the tank or if you don't. Yeah, they, no,
1: that's sound advice. I mean, that's a good way to do it. And, you know, that's where the trained eye can kind of diagnose and, and analyze, hey, does this person have more in the tank? Or does this person have less in the tank than they think they do? Because, again, that intuition, you know, that – connectedness with your own body and, and your own rpe scale if you will uh some time to kind of develop
0: yeah i think it takes a lot of time where like you know and again you know from a client standpoint that's why uh you know that's what they hire us right it's to you know to kind of lead them in a way where they're able to challenge themselves but not hurt themselves and uh you know, it's not, it's, yeah. you know and, mo- and most clients are pretty uh they've always been pretty you know it's not like i have any uh any, uh, I, wanna, I don't want to say back talk, but just they don't like. So if I tell them to stay there, they're gonna stay there. If I say, All right, "Let's go up," they're gonna go up. Um, so I don't have that much of a uh, a drawback with clients, like you know, questioning and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually, I just have one of my one of my he's one of my uh, guy clients. He, there's only probably like one or two people who I actually have to probably sit like talk to them and be like, "Well, that was kind of like a hard that kind of looked hard. So there's no reason to go up there." right or explain sometimes where, like you know the extra like the accessory work where you know we're going higher reps and they want to go up say they want to go up on lateral races i'm like first of all there's no reason to go up on lateral race like to 20 25 pounds like it's just you know it's accessory work we're, we're here for the pump there's you know we're not training for strength in this in this muscle group here like if we're gonna train for strength we'll do like a military press which would be earlier in the workout sometimes i have a client who like again i want to train them like know pain-free not having any joint stress or anything like that but they want to go like extremely heavy on like dumbbell flies. i'm like yeah, we don't have to go that heavy i mean we can go lower weight yeah uh, get more reps in lower the eccentric we still make it harder with less weight we do not always have to go up in, 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 yeah. in every exercise yeah
1: all right so Gala, let's let's recap on some of those strategies that you're talking about right a lot of these are specific to training so obviously in training, there are multiple variables that we control to progress or regress any type of movement, right? You can control the volume of training. You can control the intensity, right? You can control the frequency. So again, volume is, you know, how much you're going to lift, whether it's going to be how many reps you're going to do, how many sets you're going to do. That's how you can, that's an easy way to control volume. Intensity is how hard you want to go, right? What again, that rate of perceived exertion is one way to do it. Are you going to be closer to that nine? Maybe today you're not feeling it, or you have the time of high stress. We're going to keep you closer to that six, right? Or if you do it by percentage, like you and I talked about, you know, sometimes you'll train at 70%, um, and, and go from that way. Um, so, first of all, what's your, you know, it sounds like you focus a lot on intensity. That's the way that you would like to address it. Is that correct? Is that what yes. I got? Yeah. 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 And that's for yourself personally, as well as your clients.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, so and I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. I think that most people will agree that probably either intensity or volume are the ones to manipulate. For myself personally, honestly, I think that sometimes I will, I will try to keep the intensity high and I'll try to cut back on the volume. I've just found over time that high volume training is probably not the best thing for me personally, Yep, depending on what my goals are. So, you know, the way that I'll do it is, you know, if I'm, again, in times of high stress, um, I'll go in and if I'm supposed to do four sets, that's typically what I did last week. This week, I might cut it down to three, maybe even two, depending on how, again, how stressed out I am because of either sleep adjustments or modifications and other regards of life. Um, and sometimes um, it's cutting both, right? Sometimes I'll, I'll dial it back on, uh, a, um, on volume and intensity. But another reason I like to cut back on the volume before intensity is because I still like to go hard. I enjoy that feeling, right? That's where the endorphins are pumping. That's where the fun stuff is. Um, and it's sexy. It makes you feel good. But um, that's not what I'm learning now as I'm getting wiser and older is I think I'm training for a different goal in life. You know, it's, it's probably a little bit less for performance and a little bit more for longevity. I'm trying to be healthy in my 70s, 80s, 90s, and trying to con- continue to still work hard and be able to do a lot of the functional stuff that we talked about.
0: Oh, oh, in Previous definitely. episodes. Uh, I'm doing this until like I can't ever do it in my life yeah. again. <laughs>
1: yeah, but also you know, continue. Yeah, you know, and and try try to stay away from from pain and those kinds of things. Um, and and so that's why you know now I, I'm I'm been manipulating intensity, but another thing that I've so, you know, Sometimes you're not even feeling it at all. And the example that I think that I first talked about with you is, you know, I was moving uh, pretty recently. I made a big move. And so I was trying to get all my moving done in one weekend uh, where I had a weekend off. And I went in Sunday morning and I was supposed to deadlift today. I was just not feeling it because I was just thinking about the movers coming later that day and we're going right. to get all the, the stuff in. And so uh, my mind was already somewhere else uh even in the gym i wasn't there i wasn't present i wasn't in the moment and so yeah. I was like man this, this i'm not feeling i don't want to be here i it, it was all about getting it in just quickly finishing so i can go and take care of other things so that's that's exactly where injuries happen and 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 this has burned me personally before and so you know what i did that day i just i was like let me just go through the warm up right and and i just went through the warm up focused on my breathing kind of still worked on some mobility stuff, 15 minutes, and I just left. And at least I still got that movement in, right? We've talked about it. sometimes it's not necessarily about traditional exercise. Sometimes it's about just getting mobility, stop being sedentary, right? Because that's the biggest problem, right? Getting some type of exercise. And, and so yeah. th- that's what I focused on and I left. But again, this is where the assessment piece is so critical Because again, so step one is trying to focus on continuing working out, focus on either volume or intensity. Step two is maybe if it's a prolonged, maybe a week or two or a month of stressful time, maybe you can cut back on the frequency, how often you're going to the gym. Then if, if you've done those and you're still not, and and it's crazy, maybe you've been sick or something else, then maybe you just do on the warm up. right? You focus on breathing. And then sometimes it's just, you skip the day you live to fight another day. Remember like, this is not about like, you know, obviously if you're training for the Olympics, if you're training for a competition or something like that, that's coming up, like that's a different story. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about training for the long haul, being healthy. You know, we're talking about health span, not just lifespan. We're talking about health span. And, uh, and I think that's really hard for people to do. Uh, But I think, you again, because, you know, we we look at immediate goals, we look at we're very short sighted in that sense. So it's it's kind of hard to look 20, 30, 40 years from down the road of how you're going to be healthy and and still move well and be pain free and not have a lot of medical comorbidities. So that's the stuff that the way that I approach it and the way that I'll tell people to approach it.
0: That's a good way, dude. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, what about other strategies? So we've focused a lot on training, and I think we probably beat that to death. Um, how else would you suggest that people can kind of address, you know, to kind of reduce just that chronic stress? Uh,
0: so not, this is not for everybody, right? Uh, but one thing I try to do myself is uh, meditate right just like from a recovery standpoint meditate and it can be just five minutes it can be 10 minutes um i just find it and sometimes this uh meditation ends up being like a quick power nap in a way happens more often than usual that i kind of want it but um and i i just take it as whether i whether it's 10 15 20 minutes that i do there with that with my meditation um if I happen to sleep it's because, uh, you know, the body needed it, right. You know, don't fight, you know, to me, it's like, don't fight it. If it happens, if it happens, it happens because you're, you know, it was a sign that your body needed to be for those 15, 20 minutes. And usually what I've noticed too, is like that sometimes that 15, 20 minute, you know, my meditation nap, whatever you want to call it, um, helps me out tremendously throughout the day. Right. It can be powerful to do that meditation. And that's one way to add in like recovery there for me. Uh, another way that I like to add uh, recovery from a standpoint is sometimes I like to get in um, like taking a break from the gym and you can call it I like to call it active recovery but going for a walk going for a hike getting some type of movement in. it doesn't have to be in the gym but some type of Movement to where you are still being active. Like I think I still think people are are underestimating the power of just going for a walk. Like I I think you know. I I think people look at cardio, and again, like you know, it's probably just you know how things have been pushed in our industry. But like 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 walking to me is probably the most simplest. Form of cardio where everyone can do it and it won't elevate your cortisol, it won't beat up your joints. It's great for active recovery, it's great to get your blood flow going, it's great to get your heart pumping. Like, and it can be a simple 15 minute walk, you know. But I think just people underestimate the fact that, you know, oh, it's just walking, right? Like, doesn't really require that much energy, but you know. I've used walking to me is probably the most, and sometimes it would be like without a phone, but it's, it can be so therapeutic to me just to go out and walk and get out in nature. And it can just be walking the streets. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, out, you know, in the woods and going hiking. But to me, another form of like active recovery is walking, hiking. You know, love that. Uh another way too to get in some like active recovery and that uh that I like as well is yeah, not everyone does this, but like you know, I I love hill sprints, but sometimes just walking up and down the hill. It's still a great, a great form of of, a, of low intensity cardio. And you know, doesn't beat up your joints, it leaves you feeling good afterwards. And I think everyone benefits from just moving or like especially if it comes from like a walking standpoint. I think a lot of people find it will find it beneficial. And, and, and it will change how they feel if they just got out there and walked. Like you don't have to exercise. Just get out there and walk. Even on days that you don't feel like being in the gym, it sure as hell beats going home and sitting on the couch, just going out for a walk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the active recovery piece. I know um, one of my favorite people in this realm, Kelly Starrett, talks about this all the time. People don't like doing that, right? People like passive recovery. They like the sitting – a sauna or a bath or get a massage. Um, it's just easier to do, but the active recovery piece is so critical. Um, even there's devices out there that are trying to bring active recovery to passive movement. Um, like, you know, Mark pro being one, which is something that I hear a lot about, uh, is trying to create simulate that active recovery for you. But yeah, man, that's, that's the easiest one. Lowest hanging fruit available to almost every single person. Yeah. any, you know, lower body limitations that you might have or any disability type sort, but, and again, some of the healthiest forms of exercise, um, low impact, you, you touched on so many different things that I don't need to talk about again. Uh, but I want to come back to the, the meditation part. I think that we are learning at least in the medical world that, you know, the critical, the science is finally catching up, even though this has been around for thousands of yeah. years. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you look at a lot of the successful things, uh, a lot of the successful types of exercise, um, like yoga, like Tai Chi, that are significantly beneficial for stress release uh, relief, the com- the common ground that they share is it's a lot of focus on breath work, right? And yoga and Tai Chi, those kinds of things. And, and a lot of the meditation or mindfulness, sometimes people use them interchangeably, but I think there, there's a little bit of difference, which is not what we're talking about today. Um, it's it's based on working from your breath, right? It, it's, it's focused on your breath. This is something that I personally struggle with to try to make it a consistent thing. I think probably about a year ago, I was very good with it um, and I was doing it and I, I was actually noticing changes of how connected I was with my with my environment from day to day and how present I was. And then I kind of got bad again and now I'm intermittent here and there of how I'm doing it. But, um, so instead what I'm doing tr- as I'm trying to get back into it is I'll just focus on breath throughout the day. And, and I set this thing on my Apple watch where it'll remind me two to three times or three times a day of, Hey, breathe, breathe for one minute, just sit there quietly and just focus on your breath for one minute. And that in itself is, A form of mindfulness right a form of meditation and i actually came across a study recently that of course you know i got to bring some evidence here so uh i came across a study recently that uh looked at i think i forget where it was published exactly but um it it was the they were looking at the effectiveness of diaphragmatic breathing for reducing psychological and physiological stress in adults right Uh, and this was a systematic review so it's, it's Relatively good quality, and I think they had looked um, in this thing. It was systematic review of three trials. Uh, one was a randomized controlled trial, and two were quasi-experimental trials. And, and they had over a thousand individuals, so a good sample size. Um, and what they found was, uh, you know, they were comparing diaphragmatic breathing was examined independently and it was compared to groups of control, or compared to a group of control where they didn't do any diaphragmatic breathing. So in the randomized controlled trial, they found that eight weeks of diaphragmatic breathing of 20 sessions, right? In eight weeks, it decreased your resting breathing rate measured during sessions and salivary cortisol levels over time. While in the control group that didn't, again, cortisol is that your classic stress hormone and saliva is one of the ways that we can measure it. In one of the quasi-experimental trials, they found that it decreased Again, the diaphragmatic breathing group decreased your systolic and diastolic blood pressure in the deep breathing group, but no change in the, um, in the uh, control group. And they also found in the other experimental, the quasi experimental group that the breathing group, they had a greater decrease in perceived stress level, right? So it's focused on, they had objective measures and subjective measures. So people felt less stressed and they all actually had findings like health markers that improved over time. Whereas in the control groups, like you didn't really have a lot of that. So, you know, these, I mean, it's a small studies results, not a significantly crazy number, uh, but thousands, not bad. Um, but it's definitely encouraging. Obviously we need a lot more research, but yeah. again, to me, breathing, breath work, meditation, mindfulness, this is, it, it stands the test of time, which is the ultimate Thing for me. again, we're talking thousands of years. Um, so there's definitely something to it, right? Um, and so there's definitely a lot more literature and, and some of the, the, the evidence or the science looks at specific you know medical problems like depression or anxiety and that kind of stuff. This was just looking at stress and stress is kind of a little bit hard thing to, to assess as well and, and to actually measure too. Uh, but there's certainly ways to do it. So I thought this was pretty cool. Um, and so that's what I personally focus on. Um, so I love that you talked about that. And then you even incorporated walking. There's mindfulness walking, right? Um, and if you struggle with doing just the breath work, there's so many apps out there that you can use, right? There's like Calm and Headspace and the Waking Up app. But like, you know, there's, again, I don't have an affiliation to uh, binaural. Bany- I like to use uh Banyo Beats. Yep, yep. There's tons of stuff out yeah. there. Um, and there's more and more coming out every single day. So whatever, whatever works for you, uh, if you need a little bit of help, Um, and if you're a beginner, you might, um, and even doing one to two minutes a day, that's awesome. You know, start somewhere, um, and and go from there. So I love that.
0: That's awesome, bro. That's good stuff there, man.
1: Yeah. All right, Gallo. So I think, I think that we, we, we covered a lot there. Um, again, just to recap, you know, you, you want to start by first analyzing, right? Um, again, we give the basics. I think that I would. I just saw some something from um, Precision Nutrition this morning on Instagram talking about, you know, how stress BOD affects the way you think, the way you feel, the way you behave, and they're talking Wait, about. What,
0: well, what's it called, stress BOD?
1: Yeah, yeah, like you're, you're basically, BOD. No, well, it's just yeah, oh, your your right. body's under stress. <laughs> I think it's just like a catchy thing that they're trying gotcha. to. Gotcha. Okay, okay. But they were never, talking never about heard how, that, dude.
0: That's crazy. Precision yeah, nutrition.
1: PN use that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. I'll forward it to you. Dude, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just again, I'm looking right at it right now. They're talking about how everything hurts. You get you get GI issues. So sort of from medical systemic point, workouts feel impossible. We talked about that. Your performance is suffering. You have brain fog difficult for you to think it actually affects your cognition. Uh, You're getting sick over and over, right? You're catching the flu and this is chronic stress. Yep. You're struggling with your weight, right? Uh, Sometimes people will have weight loss. Sometimes people will have weight gain. um, And and sometimes, you know, it affects your libido too. That's such a huge one that we didn't even talk about today. But again, these are just some some of the ones uh, that people tend to, but there's tons of other, right? We're looking at cardiovascular stuff, uh, pulmonary system. Um, so all these things, but yeah, so that's where it starts, right? You assess yourself and then hopefully some of the strategies that we offered that people, people can easily, um, you know, implement to their daily life, uh, is something that's going to be super important and it's going to pay dividends down the road. Galo, I'll leave up any last minute thoughts that you might have.
0: No, I just feel like, um, you know, I think people definitely, you know, when I mentioned active recovery, um. And like you mentioned, passive recovery. I think incorporating more active recovery in a lot of people's training, either training programs, if you want to just call it overall training, uh, including more active recovery than actually thinking you have to go to the gym and be 100% in every workout, will probably be too much. You'll be better off working out at the gym two three times a week and then adding some active recovery on days that you're not there at the gym, as opposed to going to the gym seven days a week, being on the uh, uh, treadmill for an hour, then doing weights for an hour, and then probably elevating cortisol levels to add on to the stress that you're already feeling on that day. Uh, I, I think by then, it comes from just an, an educational standpoint and understanding how probably the body works uh, to bring optimal optimal results that carry over to uh obviously in the gym and obviously outside the gym because uh you know from a training standpoint i always and i always feel like two three times maybe four times max at the gym and then everything else should be you know outside going for a walk going hiking uh, this can be even if you if you still play sports, right? Basketball, football, soccer. T- I mean, whatever it is that you do like to do outside of the the um, the gym, do it because it will help from just an overall cardio cardiovascular standpoint and just active recovery, man. Just you know, you don't you don't need to beat yourself up in the gym to have results.
1: Right on. Um, and all right, again, guys.
0: And, and, like, and like the powerful yeah. thing, like we said earlier today, before we you know we kicked everything off less is more
1: <laughs> yes definitely less that one not the other one not the other one <laughs> <laughs> definitely so, less uh, is more um yeah
0: less is more i mean it's just I, I you know we've got i think from just what the fitness industry pushes overall is that we need to be 100 percent going to the gym every single day and uh, you know it i think it's just the completely wrong approach to a uh, take fitness because you you remember we want to do this for as long as we can and uh and not everybody is the rock trust me i've tried (laughs) i can't wake up at four o'clock and and get a bang at a workout in bro that's not happening right you know so again you know just and again just knowing yourself and and you know your recovery process taking care of your sleep your stress your nutrition and your daily movement
1: Awesome. Some of the key foundational components for de-stressing yourself. All right, guys. Um, there's a lot there. So, uh, you know, definitely listen to it cause this is going to be an important one. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, uh, please share it, like it. Um, and you know, let us know if you didn't, if you didn't like it at all, um, what feedback you might have, you can reach us, you can hit us up on social media. Um, you know, Gallo on social media, how can they find you?
0: Uh Instagram, Gallo.ggfitness. You can also email me at Gallo.ggfitness at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, uh, and yep. all, what can they reach you, my man?
1: Yeah, guys, hit me up on um, IG. You can find me at Dr.Altraja, A-L-T-R-A-J-A. And on Twitter, you can hit me up at Dr.Altraja. That's one word. Uh, But, you know. Um definitely reach out to us guys. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on you know how we can improve and you know any other topics that you might be interested in um, that you might have questions about. Uh, but as always, guys, remember that everything that we talk about in this podcast is general information. It's not constituting the the practice of medicine and we're not giving you medical advice. so always a good idea, to touch base with your physician, your coach for any of your personal health issues and before you uh, you know implement some type of uh, new strategy uh, that you're not sure about. so, All right, guys, Um, it's been fun. Gallo?
0: It's been fun, guys. Pleasure. Till next time, we'll uh, see you next week, guys. Peace. Peace.